Welcome to Watch Therefore, the program designed to help the disciple of Messiah Jesus obey his command to watch therefore and be ready, ready for him to come and take us back to that place he's been preparing for his born-again people. Dove Schwartz here with a message I shared at Calvary Chapel Watch Therefore Community Fellowship, our new church plant in Pearland, bordering Houston, Texas. Come visit us sometime at Calvary Chapel Watch Therefore Community Fellowship where I teach the Bible line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book through the entire Bible. You can learn more at my website, watchtherefore.tv. Again, watchtherefore.tv. And now, let's hear a line upon line teaching from the Lord's Word. So thankful to be with you once again for this episode of the program Watch Therefore, and a special program it is. And I want to start right off by inviting you to church. We have our new church plant, Calvary Chapel, Watch Therefore Community Fellowship in Pearland. Join us for our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. What you can do is go to our website, watchtherefore.tv. That's watchtherefore.tv. You can find our new church information right there on the website. Come join us in church and be prepared for the coming of our great God and Savior, Messiah Jesus, to take us back to that place he's been preparing for us. Now let's have a word of prayer. Oh, Father in heaven, in Messiah Jesus' name, please bless the teaching and hearing of your word as it's presented line upon line on this special program episode today. Thank you, Father, in Messiah Jesus' name. Amen and amen. What I want to do is first set up some context. I'm kind of going somewhere here. So I want to set up some context. So you remember, he's going somewhere. There's some place he's getting to in this. It's going to help me tremendously to be prepared for the coming of our Savior. So at the end of Matthew chapter 23, our Lord Jesus tells of the people in Jerusalem, three primary things. He warns them, one, of judgment on Jerusalem, two, judgment on the temple in Jerusalem, three, that though the Jewish people would be scattered to the nations of the world in judgment, according to Abraham, David, and new covenants, the Lord will bring them back, and they will call upon his name. They'll say, Baruch haba, b'shem Yehovah, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord when he comes to save them in Jerusalem. And all of Israel will be saved at that time. And so uh, the disciples then ask our Savior Jesus through Matthew, the beginning of Matthew 24, when will these things be and with the sign of his coming back to Jerusalem? And he, he tells them, well, listen, there's going to be these things that are going to happen down through the centuries that have nothing to do with those end time signs. There'll be uh, false Christs and wars and, and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. Then in Matthew 24, 7 and 8, he begins to unpack uh, these primary signs of his coming back to Jerusalem. First, he starts off with four birth pangs, uh, global ethnic violence, uh, famine, diseases, and earthquakes. Those things are working together today in our time. These are modern times things that have are taking place right in front of us right now, leaping off the pages of the Bible. You see them in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and other places as well. Now, now he goes into the next one. These birth pains are warning signs of the seven-year tribulation. He, he says in Matthew 24, 9, that it will be globally illegal to believe in Messiah Jesus. In verse uh, 20, 
Uh, one, he says it will be a time of trouble like the earth has never seen. And then he goes, our Savior Jesus unpacks the events of the tribulation where billions are going to perish. He then gives the next sign, the fig tree generation, which we're in right now, Israel in Bible prophecy. And uh, then he goes into the days of Noah and begins to unpack the rapture. And I'm going to start reading there in Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. So we go back up to verse 36. What's this mean? But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. This is an ancient Galilean Hebraism. What does that mean? It speaks, it speaks of the ancient Jewish Galilean wedding. And I'll give you some of the high points because here our Savior introduces the rapture of the church. In the ancient Jewish Galilean wedding, the father and the son would, would select a bride for the groom who is the son. And these all pertain to the New Testament scriptures. In James chapter 1, our father called us forth by the word of truth. Jesus the Lord said in the gospel of John, you did not choose me, but I chose you. See, this is the choosing of the bride of Christ. Well, the groom would go to the young lady's home, the prospective bride, her parents would be there, and he would bring her a ketubah. That's a wedding contract with precious promises in it to the bride. If you have a Bible, you have a ketubah. Yes, our Lord Jesus gives this, this book of precious promises to his bride, the church. The groom would pick up a cup of wine and drink from it if he and set it down. If the young lady picked it up to drink from it, she was agreeing to be his bride. Our Savior Jesus picked up the cup and said, this represents the blood of the new covenant, and he offers it to his bride to drink. Oh, hallelujah. So if she accepts, there's no wedding today. This begins a betrothal period, and the groom, the son, goes back to the father's house to build a place for he and his bride. When does he go back to get his bride? The father would inspect the finished work. He would determine when the son's work is finished, at, at which point he would say, Now, son, go get your bride. Nobody but the father knows when our Savior Jesus is coming to get his bride, the church, to take us back to, to the father's house. Now, realize something else very important, that the father would agree to pay the bride price for the, for the precious bride, yes, uh, a dowry, if you will. And our Father sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to pay the price for his bride, the blood of his only begotten son. For whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Our Savior Jesus did pay the bride price. He died on the cross to pay for our sins and rose again. He's gone back to the Father's house. When is he coming back for us? Nobody but the Father knows. Any moment. The groom, King Jesus, is coming for his bride. 
And, and, and so we know this much, it'll take place in the days of Noah. And in Luke 17, our Savior Jesus said, it, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And, and, and so what's going on in the days of Noah? Well, in Genesis chapter 6, I'll give you five things. Here, here are the first four. One, extreme wickedness. And the extreme wickedness today shows us we're in the days of Noah and Lot because there's a global, fascist, aggressive, militant, homosexual movement marching through the cities of the world in what they call pride parades. And they're marching. And what, by the way, what got Satan tossed out of heaven? Pride. Pride. Yes, pride is horrible sin. It's something God hates. And, and so... Uh, we see them marching through the major cities of the world, and they're marching under a symbol that's a flag. What is it? It's the rainbow. What's the sign of the covenant God made with Noah? The rainbow, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, also, there was great uh, corruption and violence uh, in Noah's day, and a population explosion. There's uh, 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 200 years ago, there was a million people on planet Earth. Today, just a couple hundred years later, there's 8 billion people on the Earth. That's a population explosion. And the corruption, oh, folks, I don't have to tell you about that. You know, especially here in the United States of America, the kind of corruption we're watching like never before. Yes, leaping off the pages of the Bible. These are signs that the Lord is coming for us. Yes, and, and, and the violence... Oh, listen, every year in the world they murder 43 million babies in their mother's tummy. Oh, you talk about violence. What could be more violent than murdering little babies? And, and so over a billion babies have been murdered in the last 40 or 50 years in abortion. Wow, what must the, the innocent blood of a billion babies screaming in the ears of a holy God for vengeance sound like, oh, listen, folks, these are the days of Noah. They shook their fist in God's face then saying God will do nothing, and they shake their fist in his face today. Well, then he wiped them out with a flood they didn't see coming. And now we're coming into this time where the Lord's going to burn the earth with fire, which then takes us to the fifth sign. We, 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 we've seen the population explosion, the wickedness, the corruption, the violence. What's the fifth sign? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. Oh, hallelujah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And where sin is abounded, grace is abounded that much more. And that's where I'm going on this program. And after this short break, we're going to unpack the grace that Noah found that's available for you and I today in our Savior Jesus. Remember, watch therefore and be ready. King Jesus is coming for us any moment. Conditions in the world are worsening all around us quickly. According to the prophetic scriptures, our Savior Jesus said this generation is heading rapidly to the time of the world's worst trouble ever. What's the answer? The Watch Therefore message. And this message stirs the lukewarm to repentance and gives urgency for the lost to re repent of their sins and receive Jesus as Savior and Lord now. Yet we're only on most of our networks once per week. And there's something we can do together, which I'll share in a moment. We're going into 200 countries, 200 million homes, but we can air more and still go wider 
and further. First, let me share with you some of the missions initiatives also of this Watch Therefore ministry. Romans 1.16 tells us the gospel and discipleship is to the Jew first and then to the nations. And we know the faithful, wise, blessed servant is watching for the master to come and giving others their food in due season. Messiah Jesus is the bread of life. So we take him and the gospel and discipleship to the Jew first with our ministry, Blessing Israeli Believers, co-founded by myself and our ministry partner, John McTurnan. We've learned that one of the best ways to bless Israel is to bless Israeli believers in Messiah Yeshua, Jesus our Lord. They're getting out the gospel, making disciples, saving babies from abortion, helping Holocaust survivors in the name of Messiah Yeshua, and so much more. And then our To the Nations ministry poured out for the nations. Oh, we've got special work. For years we've been doing in Africa. Right now we're really honing in on Rwanda and the Congo, Uganda, and other countries who are asking us, please bring this discipleship to our church, to our lands, to our country, to our region. Yes, and so one of the great things you can do is get on our monthly newsletter for Blessing Israeli Believers and poured out for the nations. As you do so, you will keep up with prayer points that are so urgent. We need prayer partners to continue to intercede for this work, to see it go forward. Also, for those who want to sow financially into this ministry, and as always, I've been saying this since we started the program, I'm gonna say it again. If you haven't believed in Jesus the Lord as your savior, please don't send any money into this ministry. It's our desire that you'd simply be our guest today and that you would receive Jesus as Lord and receive eternal life. But for those who have already been saved and you understand the principles of sowing and reaping and laying your treasures up in heaven, this is a great place to do just that. And there's three pri primary giving platforms. One, the Watch Therefore television broadcast and that's how we can spread this further and wider. You can prayerfully and financially partner with Watch Therefore. There's also those who want to sow into Israel through blessing Israeli believers and then into the nations. You can financially support our work in the nations. And with those newsletters, you can really keep up with how and where you're investing. And, and so this is the way for us to partner together like that faithful, wise, blessed servant who hears, well done, thy good and faithful servant, when our Savior Jesus comes for us to take us back to that place he's been preparing for us. Remember, watch therefore and be ready. King Jesus is coming for us any moment. As promised, we're going to unpack what does the grace that Noah found look like for us in these modern days of Noah and Lot. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here we are in the modern days of Noah and Lot. What does that grace look like for us? What is grace? God's grace is his goodness that none of us deserve, that our Father in heaven would send his only begotten Son, Jesus the Lord, to die on the cross to pay for my sins. That's God's goodness that I don't deserve, that he would rise from the grave and send his Holy Spirit to live in me and give me eternal life. That's God's goodness that I don't deserve, that his grace would be working in my life to change me into the image of Messiah Jesus and prepare me for his coming. Wow, hallelujah, that's God's goodness that I don't deserve. What does grace actually do? Oh, this is so important, folks. I've never seen another passage that so 
clearly unpacks the work of grace in our life as I find in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Here's saving grace. His saving grace has appeared to all men. Jesus the Lord died publicly on the cross. The, the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah Jesus is so well documented that there was a law professor named Simon Greenleaf, I believe. I believe that was his name. You can check on me if you want to. He was a Harvard law professor that was an atheist. His students challenged him with the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He honestly looked into it. He repented of atheism, received Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he said something like this, that the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is provable beyond a shadow of a doubt if we would use the standards, the legal standards used in a courtroom for such matters, for evidence. Evidentiary uh, documentation proves the resurrection of Messiah Jesus. Now, his grace that saves us also teaches us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. His grace is working in us, teaching us. Are you listening to his grace today to teach you to deny ungodliness, that which is against God? We live in what is increasingly a God-hating generation. But no, no, you deny ungodliness if you're listening to God's grace teach you. And you're denying worldly lusts. We live in a world that is drowning in the strong desire for that which God forbids. That's lust. These are worldly lusts. No, God's grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. What should we be doing? What does grace teach us? To do. That's what not to do. What are we to do? We're to live soberly. That means clear thinking. Let me ask you a question. Could the world use a few more clear thinking people right now? Hello? Yes? We should live soberly, righteously. What is righteousness? Here's a simple definition. It's heaven's standard of goodness. What's the greatest example of righteousness and righteous living? Jesus, our Savior, our resurrected Savior himself is the greatest example. Follow Jesus, the Lord, and you'll live righteously. Grace teaches us to live soberly, righteously, and godly, devoted to Jesus Christ. Are you truly a devoted disciple of Messiah Jesus? And he says it teaches us to do so in this present age. What does that mean? Folks, not only is this present age going to end and give way to the next age, it's going to do so very soon. The signs are all around us that demonstrate that. Jesus the Lord said, when you see Israel and Bible prophecy the way we are, this generation shall not pass away till all these prophetic scenarios come to pass, including the birth pangs, the tribulation. Uh, before that tribulation, any moment our Savior Jesus will come take us up in the rapture, the tribulation, yes, and then we return from heaven with our Savior Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And so the next age begins with our Savior Jesus sitting on the throne of David. Now, it begins a little earlier than that for us. It begins at the judgment seat of Christ, where our Savior Jesus takes us up to that place he's been preparing for us. Oh, hallelujah. Those who are born again in our Savior Jesus. Is that you? Are you born again in our Savior Jesus? And then we return with our Savior, and he comes to sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem. Yes, 
He's the son of David, King Jesus. And so what does grace teach us to do from there? Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our blessed hope, what is that? Well, that's the bride looking every day for the groom. Perhaps today is the blessed day. And she has the blessed hope that it is today. In 1 John chapter 3, the Bible says, He who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. We're to be cooperating with grace looking every day for our Savior Jesus to come for us in the clouds. There are people who say, no, Jesus can't come in the rapture till the middle or the end of the tribulation. But wait a second. We see here that grace teaches us today to look for our Savior Jesus to come for us. And verse 14 says, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and see, purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Grace reminds us, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, bought back from the slave market of sin. I shouldn't be walking in lawlessness. No, I should be purifying myself like the bride waiting for the groom every day and excited to serve the Lord, watching for him and ready. Now, listen, with all the trouble around us today, there's a good word Jesus the Lord has for us in John 14. Listen, is there plenty of bad news out there? How about a little good news, folks? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, our Savior, Jesus said. In my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. If the Lord comes back for us today to take us back to that place, will you go? Have you truly received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Oh, today, now, repent of your sins. Cry out to him, Jesus, Lord, save me. And I want to go to that place. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm saved. Save me today, Lord Jesus. If you're doing that, go to our website and contact us. Uh, and we want to send you a free brochure called How to Begin My New Life in Christ. Remember, this program is listener-supported. If you want this program to stay on the air, consider prayerfully and financially partnering with us. And once again, I want to invite you to church, Calvary Chapel, Watch Therefore Community Fellowship. We exist to make faithful, wise, blessed servant disciples of Messiah Jesus. Like the one our Savior speaks of in Matthew 24, who's watching every day for the Master to come and giving the others the bread of life, Messiah Jesus, until he does. So come join us at Watch the, at Calvary Chapel, excuse me, Watch Therefore Community Fellowship. We're in Pearland, and we meet on Wednesdays, and we meet on Sundays. And it's a great place to be prepared for the coming of our great God and Savior, Messiah Jesus. How about we close with a word of prayer? Oh, Father in heaven, thank you in our Savior Jesus' name that you have a plan in the midst of all this raging insanity, Lord. Your word is going to endure forever. All these things that are against you are going to pass away. Even heaven and earth, the current heaven and earth are going to pass away, but your word will endure forever. Please tremendously bless all who are listening today. And by your grace, teach us to apply what we've heard, to walk out what we've heard on this program. And I pray everybody who's listening would hear that trumpet 
having watched for you to come and received you as Lord and Savior, that we would go to that place together. Thank you, Father and Messiah, Jesus' name. Well, remember, folks, to watch Therefore and be ready. King Jesus is coming for us any moment. Such a blessing to be with you today on the program Watch Therefore. If you would like this program to stay on the air, please consider financially partnering with this radio ministry. You can do so at our website, watchtherefore.tv. Again, watchtherefore.tv. Or by post, Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Paraland, Texas, 77588, which you can also find on our website. Again, if you're in the Houston area, join us at our new church plant, Calvary Chapel Watch Therefore Community Fellowship. Our services are Sunday morning at 1030 and Wednesday evening at 630. For more information, go to watchtherefore.tv. And remember to watch therefore and be ready. Oh, yeah.